This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. This is Indian Noir X, a compendium of real-life paranormal experiences and urban myths from India. Issue number 11, Kargosh. Dear Indian Noir, thank you for this forum where you narrate real-life supernatural encounters from around India. I truly appreciate the opportunity to share my own experiences with your esteemed audience. When I was studying for my bank clerical exams some eight years ago, while still residing with my parents in our ancestral home, I would bicycle around our hometown to relax. I loved riding for miles, exploring the town center, the sprawling suburbs and the outlying villages. This also brought me in contact with a lot of people that I otherwise wouldn't have met. Needless to say, as a well-connected young man, I was the first one to learn of the shenanigans of a strange figure wearing a giant rabbit head that clearly used to be part of an entertainer's costume. Reports were filtering in from people traveling the streets at night and occasionally during the day, encountering the strange figure. Apparently, it just stood there, glaring at them from under a copse of trees or a thin veil of shrubbery. The individual, it was not clear whether it was a man or a woman, in addition to a scary rabbit head, wore an oversized overall like the one sported by cleaners from the corporation who maintained the sewage systems and the septic tanks around town. Those who had seen the figure in the light of the day mentioned that the headdress was filthy and crusted with what looked like clumps of dried mud. You can imagine what an unnerving sight that might have been. What began as innocent sightings quickly took a turn for the worse and people reported being chased by the being. A schoolgirl, the postman, a tourist from Germany who arrived to study the unique pottery techniques followed by traditional artisans in our town. The terrified victims recounted how the hulking seven-feet-tall figure loped after them, making drooling and slurping sounds. No one ever came to harm, but the experience had shaken them so badly they had to be sedated for several days after the incident, and later put on a medication regime to help them manage their panic attacks. The corporation and the local police made a show of enforcing a strict vigil over the town for the next few months. But the prankster eluded the khaki-clad men, lending to the theory that the town was suffering from some kind of mass hysteria. The sightings also dropped off, and the district police withdrew assets from the town. 
while the sightings were far and few, it was no less terrifying. A man and his wife were waking up in the middle of the night to find the figure staring at them through the grills of their bedroom window. A watchman who was peeing in the bushes, turning around to find the apparition right behind him. It sniffed him with great curiosity before slowly walking backwards, twitching and juddering like it was suffering from a nervous ailment. It melted into the gloom. It was as if it never existed in the first place. A widow who was cooking dinner heard a noise in her living room and found the monstrosity caressing the family photos of her dead relatives framed on the walls. When she screamed and drew its attention, it walked nonchalantly towards the old lady, shoved her to the floor and exited the house. Those were the relatively docile encounters. But then, on a chilly winter morning, a few months after the garrison of extra police officers had left, they found a body. Eighteen-year-old Arush was walking from the train station at night to enjoy his college holidays with his family. Something terrible happened to him. His corpse was found on the side of the road, fully clothed, with his arms and legs splayed out. A rictus grin was plastered across his face. It was as if he had truly enjoyed his demise. I remember hanging out at the local bakery, eating a sweet bun and drinking hot tea, discussing the shocking event with my friends. The local nut job, Pushkar Bhai, listened intently to our conversations, scratching at his body through his filthy clothing and occasionally trying to rip out fistfuls of his matted hair. <laughs> I know who it is. I know who it is. The Kargosh, the, the spirit of the circus man who the villagers beat to death. He used to wear the Kargosh head. It is him. I am sure I was there. He, he went to his death grinning as they clubbed him with sticks and pelted him with stones. Grinning, grinning. Pushkar Bhai said. What's he crapping on about? I asked the owner of the bakery, an elderly man in his sixties, who would know the history of the place better than anyone. It is true. It happened in Manduali, the village to the east of the cashew factory. This was a long time ago. They caught one of the travelling circus employees molesting local children and were a bit too enthusiastic about punishing him. I think Pushkar's account is fairly accurate, the elderly man said. I told you, I told you, Kargosh, Kargosh, his brain came out through a hole in his head. Plop, plip, plop, <laughs> plop, plip. The autopsy revealed that Arush had died of a heart attack. No rampaging Kargosh spirit then. However, I was really unnerved by the events of the past few months. I stopped riding my bike around town for nearly two months before cabin fever got to me. I only had a month to go before the exams, 
and I couldn't afford to burn out. Reports of the strange rabbit-headed spectre had stopped, so I felt confident about going on a full moon night bike ride to enjoy the verdant beauty of my town. I was on the same road that led to the train station where Arush was found dead. I even rode past the spot where they had found his still form. My mind diligently played tricks on me. A collection of fallen branches and clumps of grass took on the shape of the young man's dead body. The thin slivers of moonlight that fell across it became his teeth and that terrible final grin. I shook my head to banish those terrifying thoughts. I rode on for another five minutes before I came upon a sight that chilled my blood. To my left was a small single-storied home with a tiled roof. The light that spilled out of its windows revealed a form with an oversized head bent over the prone body of a woman. They could almost have been kissing. In fact, my first impression was that I had stumbled upon two people engaged in an act of intimacy. But then I saw with great clarity that the individual on top was wearing a bunny head and making slurping noises like one would make while consuming delicious soup. There was no mistaking the discoloured overalls and the strange headdress covered in what looked like dried brain matter. Plip-plop, plip-plop. I heard the madman Pushkarbhai's words in my ears. My eyes, which were now accustomed to the night, and the glow of the light bulbs from within the home, revealed the woman's beaming smile and her wide-open eyes. She had clearly submitted to the entity's maleficence with great delight. The rabbit creature's mouth vibrated at inhuman speeds, as it slurped and drooled all over its victim. Occasionally, it would breathe in noisily, as if it was trying to consume the etheric matter that sustained the poor woman's life force. I willed my body out of its catatonic prison and rang my bicycle bell repeatedly, chanting, Be gone! Be gone! Be gone! I said those words louder and louder each time I rang the shrill bell, till I was shouting it at the top of my lungs. Lights came on in the neighbouring homes as people were spurred to act. The creature stopped its wretched ritual and disengaged from the woman, who rapidly blinked and pursed her parched lips, as if emerging from a long trance. The being reared up to its full seven feet height and fixed its infernal gaze on me. 
The bunny headwear was aged, discolored and damaged. The tears and holes in the matted fabric were peepholes into some other hellish dimension where darkness rippled malevolently. The creature's human hands were clenched into fists and had breathed heavily as if in anger. Its permanently open fabric eyes were fixed on me, and it radiated intense hatred. I kept ringing the bell, like my life depended on it, my mouth uttering the word, Be gone, be gone, be gone. Neighbors with torches were making their way towards me noisily. The woman on the ground, who had come to her senses, screamed in horror at the sight of the entity that stood over her. The creature crab-walked sideways in an awkward manner, in a parody of human movement that made me sick to my stomach. It slipped into the darkness surrounding the house and was gone. I did not hear its pounding footsteps as it sprinted away. It just melted away into the night. By the time the neighbors got to the site, there was no trace of the malice that had reared up before my eyes. The rabbit-headed creature was never seen or heard from ever again in my town. It still remains an unexplained mystery. The woman I had saved with my bicycle bell antics recovered, but was on medication for years to deal with PTSD. She couldn't recollect the exact details of the terror that had visited her that night. The look on her face as the creature was doing, whatever it was doing to her, makes me think Arush was its only victim. Where did it go after it left my township? Dear Indinuar, have your listeners come across reports of this being in their hometowns? What about international incidents? I would like to know if this thing has manifested elsewhere and unleashed its reign of terror, revived its murderous ways. Is it a vengeful spirit of a circus man who was the victim of mob justice? Or is it some being from another dimension that feeds off human souls? This I do not know. It was feeding, of this I am certain. The sucking and slurping sounds it made makes me think that it craved for some divine light in our souls. Maybe you can shed some light on this, Indian Noir. This might even inspire you to write more stories about this strange entity. To this day, I find my mind wandering to the incidents of that strange time. And if I happen to do so, I swear, later on that same day, I catch a glimpse of what could be a form, standing in the distance, in grey overalls, with the head of a giant rabbit, grinning as it wipes away grey matter from its time-worn, filth-encrusted artificial fur. It is a shadow, a blight upon my psyche. I wish no one ever crosses paths with it. <laughs> 